This is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. And we are back for another episode. It has been months since it's we recorded an episode. Uh, and the last episode we recorded, so I, I don't I don't think I ever told you this, David, but so we recorded two episodes at once, right? We recorded the like, here's right. an overview of the Hellbreaker universe stuff. And then we recorded yeah. a, um, uh, a game design episode. But then right after that, we like, changed what we were going to do and all of the game design we had done in that episode it was thrown out the window so i just never released that episode because i was just like i mean this is basically pointless so uh mm, yeah so fair. last last thing we talked about we talked about um yeah the hellbreaker universe um and uh i feel like i didn't do a great job of actually explaining what it is i feel like i know more now about what it is but um so i'm sure i'm sure we'll return to those game design ventures um soon um when we return to chrome inquisitors probably when my mind will start going back in that direction um but speaking of chrome inquisitors and other burning wheel shows we are going to talk about my favorite role-playing game the burning wheel boom yep yep <laughs> uh we're gonna do like a review episode so we've we've talked a lot about the game uh because it's such an r it's like a part of our role-playing game DNA at this point. Um, but uh, we haven't actually done a, a full episode on it. So I thought we would uh, break it down and and talk about the game as a whole and uh, our likes, dislikes, um, the things we would and have changed, the things we love to death, uh, all, all the above. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm currently running two Burning Wheel shows right now. If you can, I mean, if you count Lords of Hatred, which is a Burning Wheel hack, um, it's built on the same bones. Uh, also doing the, a Discord game, uh, the week below, uh, doing doing some Burning Wheel there. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, like it's just one of those things where like I could play Burning Wheel forever. Um, I'm happy that we're doing yep. so much of it these days. Um, but you, you know, go ahead, go ahead and start us off here, David. What, what do you like about Burning Wheel? Where, I think we talked maybe briefly about where Burning Wheel like fits into your ranking of games, but if you want to start yeah. there. But. So yeah, for me, I like, I've always considered fate, my favorite lights rule, like rules light game. I said that backwards. And I've always considered, uh, Burning Wheel, my favorite, you know, crunchy game. Although I think that Burning Wheel does a thing that pretty much no other game does where, if you don't want to play a super crunchy game, you can really sort of pare it down to your level of, of comfort. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's totally fair to just call it a crunchy game, but you can just ignore entire for, subsections of the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's literally built so that you can take this first chunk of the book and play the game. And then when you want to add the rest of the book, you can. And I think that's really smart because a lot of other games that have a lot of mechanical density are just like, good luck. <laughs> you need all of it have fun read the whole thing twice and then you can start want to uh, play a game of gurps so sorry <laughs> exactly or like the hero system yeah, oh my that, gosh, the like, hero system yeah so i really appreciate that about burning wheel uh but yeah it's always i've always sort of considered them on the opposite end of the spectrum and they're my favorite on either end um and you know i have things about each of them that i personally i'm like oh i wish this was worked like this or and that's why i made bonds because i tried to find somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the middle that that was my own personal preference uh but yeah i mean i've played a decent amount of crunchy games and i feel like burning wheel is the best at actually using those for a reason like a lot of games have rules just to have them um and i feel like most of the things that burning wheel does it also does for a reason in the narrative other you know it, yes. it's intellectually designed into the yes 
narrative other than just being like, oh, well, there have to be rules for grappling, right? Like, yeah, see, that's, that's, I think my favorite thing about, about, um, the burning wheel. It's, um, the, the thing is like, so typically people will divide role-playing games into what's, what's called like simulationist role-playing games and maybe it's narrative is the term they use. I don't, I don't remember what term they use for the second one, but it, it's the idea between games that like the rules exist so that you can simulate any scenario, right? So the, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. like that exact sen- sentiment. Well, what right. if people chrono grapple someone? Okay, we need rules for that. As opposed yeah. to something like the you know, apocalypse world, which is like, there aren't moves for a bunch of different things, right? It's just like, it's, it pared down and focused on what the game wants you to do. W- what I really like about the burning wheel is I think it, honestly takes the best of both of those and blends them into something that's really seamless so it 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 thinks about scenarios like that it thinks about like will we need a system for this we need to make sure we understand how this would happen specifically because it's trying to simulate what would be life what would we like to live in a medieval society to some extent um but it also it unlike many of those sorts of games it's that's not the only purpose of the rule um there's also uh, because it's built on this overall system of very purposeful mechanics that like try to push the game in a certain direction narratively, um, it, it gives you know the fact that I have a three in cooking, and then it gives the me obstacles for what I can cook. Uh, it, it, it makes it more than just a simulation. It makes it like it, it's baked into baked into that cooking roll that you're going to make is narrative already. Uh, by virtue of how the game works, right? Um, every every, yeah, every rule has a has a purpose and meaning built into it because it's always trying to push you to play the game uh, in a certain way so that you can maximize enjoyment of it. Yep, it's also one of the few games that takes those mechanics and then it. And I think I've, I've said this a lot of times when we talk about Brain Wheel because it's one of the things that I think really puts it above a lot of other games is that. When and I, I never when I was making bonds, I didn't even bother trying to do this because I I don't even know where I'd begin. This is a sort of a I think like a masterclass kind of thing to be able to accomplish. But mm-hmm. getting better at the game and like gaming it improves the story, right? Like yep. the game isn't is written in such a way that it ex- it's almost a combative game uh, with the reader, where it's like do this, I dare you, right? Yeah, because the yeah. more you go into that, the the better the story will be, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, like, it's the only game I've ever seen where if you want your character to start without an arm, guess what? You got to pay for that. Uh, like, oh, right, and, you yeah. know, when I first saw that, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it kind of it does just with the way that the, the system works. I mean, you're going to be getting fate left and right for that. And it it just does a good job of being like, you know, if you need extra dice, it's like you're it's hard. So this game is built around you finding every little advantage you can and you're going to need to, you know, the game is built around you doing that and expects yeah. you to and it tells you to. And so the better you get at the game, the more interesting the stories become. And that's unlike, you know, something like in D&D where the more you learn about the game, the more you can be like, cool, you're super awesome boss. I kill him in one hit. And, everyone's and then like, it oh, ruins everything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, it just learning how to game those games make makes them less right but learning how to game bring wheel improves things and uh and maybe maybe it's not fair to like have that be like an across the board generalization like it's always the case like obviously like you know for example emily valdez of our uh thursday night D &D group the fact that she knows the rules so well 
um, but then determines for herself to make it as uh, like um, fair as possible. So she'll always remind either me or one of the other players if a rules like what what the actual mm-hmm. ruling is, uh, being very impartial and oh, and sometimes really screwing herself over because she really likes the way the game works and then mm-hmm. and wants to see it played you know, like it's supposed to be, um, right. uh, w- which doesn't always lead to bad things. Like it's, it's definitely true where like yeah. a, a player understanding the character creation mechanics can often totally cheese a character and just like demolish right. anything. Um, but also the chaos plateau is high enough in, uh, in D and D that often that's not even enough. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you're talking about a D and D campaign there, right? Yeah. Or oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that. Yeah, I think it's generally like true, but it's not necessarily always true. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I mean, there are definitely systems where the better you can do. I mean, like at least knowing the game and playing it right. Like that's a good and generally the game is generally good for better when you do that. Yeah. But if you know the game well enough that you can cheese it, then that's when things sometimes in many games fall apart. But in this game, burning wheel doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can't cheese burning wheel. Uh, (laughs) There there are certain things you can do, for instance, like when I made down and I was using fight. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm not going to worry about my strength. I'm not going to worry about the things that matter in fight, my reflexes. And then, you know, when I rebuilt them, I was like, okay, we're going to use fight again. So I'm going to actually need reflexes and strength. <laughs> so, and I de-emphasized some of the things that, that only mattered in bloody versus. Uh, so there are, there are things, but I mean, that's just kind of the nature yeah. of, of, yeah. you know, crunching everything down. Zero, I, so. I think that's a really good point though. In general, it's a good point about burning wheel specifically because, um, and the thing that just came to my mind was, um, looking at the way you and Jared specifically play role-playing games um, in a game like Dungeons and Dragons or fate or uh, even like uh, stars without number. Uh, a lot of times that leads to not as much fun because right. uh, your, your characters are always so overpowered and everybody else is like, Oh, what, you know, sort of a thing. Um, but with the burning wheel, uh, Dylan and Alphonse being, like you guys playing gaming the system so hard only made Dellen and Alphonse better and, and more engaging to everyone at the table um, and gave an example to follow that led everybody else to play better. Um, I, I, I think like a lot of times the issues that some people can have with certain play styles like that, right? Like power gaming or uh, meta gaming or whatever, right? Is only an issue because the game makes it an issue where Bernie wheel mm-hmm understands that that is the tendency of many players and then makes it part of the game in such a way that to be a meta gamer, to be a power gamer means that you play burning wheel better. Um, right. Right. Exactly. It makes the game and the story better. Um, everything yeah. that's happening is improved by the fact that you, yeah. uh, not necessarily min maxed your character, but you know, meta game, the fate, farm so hard that you right. are you know trying to hit all of your beliefs and instinct like that sort of stuff is exactly what the burning wheel yeah. wants you to do and i think that's really the key of it right where some games are there's role playing like i think dnd especially does this in my own opinion and they're better 5e is much better than other ones were but yeah. it takes a the role-playing game and a game game and puts them together yeah and you know the more that the game game overwhelms your role-playing game yeah, you can you can see that, right? You can feel it, and it depends yep. on the on the group, really. But and I think that's the thing that Burning Wheel doesn't do. the The actual game itself is the role playing, right? And yep. and pushes into the role playing to the point where, like you said, if you're playing the mechanics well, 
you are doing the story well because you're doing yep. things like trying to get fate, which yep. the whole that's that's the whole core of the game is you're you're doing interesting things now because mm-hmm. you're trying to get success in the mechanics. Yeah, so, sometimes so much so that like uh, someone who's used to like a D and D sort of um, thing where like yeah, role playing is kind of incidental to the actual mechanics of the game um, can can have a conversation in character and then be slightly confused as to when I say, okay, now you need to roll a persuasion check or a persuasion test and you need to add up your pool and the person's will is, you know, against, this is the role you're, you're doing it against. And when they were just like, oh, I thought I would just convince them with the things I'm actually saying, like as a person, mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 that's like burning wheel tells, tells you, you need to say this in character and then you need to roll. Like you don't get the right. option to just not roll and have something just happen. Um, like yeah. there's obviously a little bit of wiggle room in that one up yeah, and like two players are involved in that. But I try to make it as without stepping on player agency, I try to make make it as clear as possible that that's the expectation normally with a conversation uh, mm-hmm. is that someone needs to be making a role at the end of it um, or in the middle right. of it. You know, there needs to be me- yeah. mechanics that are driving the conversation as opposed to just we sit back and let the rules sit over here for a second, which is right. what D&D does. And, and yeah. that's that's the game or like that's it doesn't right. give you <laughs> mechanics to engage with a conversation, mm-hmm. uh, at least not so much as Burning Will does um, in the same way that it does. But, yeah, it basically just gives you some tools to resolve the outcome if you need it, right? If it you need, really... yeah, if you need it is the is the main point. I remember right. like talking to you about um, uh, the difference between three point five and five e. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things I liked about three point five that five e didn't do was there's like a I like literally a section in the Dungeon Master's Guide where it just says, or maybe it was the Player's Handbook, one of those, where it was like, uh, you can have this conversation and then just decide how it goes um you don't need to roll if you don't want to and i'm like what like are you we're not we're playing a game like you have like right. you can't just decide like we're not it also in- cheats somebody yeah. who has good social has stats, good social right? skills yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It, 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 you you can't be as good as a someone with plus 20 persuasion even right, if yeah. you, you think your argument was really good like and the fact that 5e like is catering to that and at least in that aspect was like really sad to me because i was just like you're not giving people good practice for um how role-playing games really not not i I don't want to say ought to function because obviously like people have different play styles and there's different games that do different things but in terms of like getting a maximum enjoyment out of the actual game itself like if you just want to sit around and talk then just go larp right like you don't need like you don't need a you don't need to play dungeons and dragons at that point um like if you want to play dungeons and dragons you should probably play dungeons and dragons you'll probably enjoy yourself if you're actually using the mechanics that the game gives you. Um, and I know this, this is probably something I've talked about all the time on this podcast. And if you've ever heard me talk about this in any other venue, <laughs> it's just that that's the thing I like about burning wheel is that the rules aren't incidental. That's what the game is about. Um, if you're, if you're playing burning wheel, you're playing a game, but the game is the story. Uh, you don't have to separate those things, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've we've obviously talked a little bit about our like first experiences with Burning Wheel. Um, uh, we should probably do a full episode on Chrome Inquisitor sometime on this on this podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, though probably. I guess I guess our like postmortems at the end of the seasons that we're going to do are probably that. That's um, true. That's probably yeah. what those are. Uh, but either way, um, we we got into Burning Wheel um, around 2015, 2016. Um, David was. Uh, 
David bought the book and had us make some characters in 2015. Me and Becca Harper, I think it was, uh, made yeah, made random characters one day. Ago. Yeah, um, after uh, we were doing our like um, summer game, where we were doing the Historia stuff. Yeah, that's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And and I was like, man, this is such Give a weird memory. system. I don't know what this. Well, so, so that the, the reason I do is because I often re-listen back to old sessions, including okay. the Astoria stuff. Um, oh, wow, okay, yeah. So, which is honestly was a nightmare to listen to, but I bet, yeah, <laughs> just seven hours of us not playing a game. Oh. Um, but um, uh, we we I think it was probably it must have been Adam Coble and doing um roll twenty percents um doing uh. Mm, yeah doing burning wheel on there uh i started listening to it on your recommendation um that really got me into in the burning wheel and and just like actually like listening to someone actually play the game um mm-hmm. really got me to understand Clarifies why it was good yeah like yeah. W- what is this thing about <laughs> like because when you just go through the life path system having known nothing about burning wheel oh, yeah. it's it's really confusing it's really like jarring yeah. like you're just like i don't know why this would matter like why is this so arbitrary why can i be yeah, like it feels why can like I take those... three prostitute life paths in a row for no reason <laughs> yeah, exactly. like you know that sort of thing it, it feels like those um when you look up how to build a character like writing prompt things it's like all right here's the questions you have to answer about your character and there's like a list of 30 things and you're like i don't need to know any of these things <laughs> and except for that you you do in burning wheel and you it do. helps yeah. to know those things but when you first look at it you're like this is so much especially coming from D where it's yep. like how many attacks can i make and then yep. this game is like cool what kind of society were you born into and you're like i don't i don't even know what my character did before i was an orc killing machine like yes uh-huh. yes and but do you, so. to be honest i feel that is one of my favorite things about burning wheel now yeah. um particularly because it forces players to not be to not have killed a dragon in their backstory um so <laughs> yeah. so this is an example of like the the common uh-huh. problem in D specifically you start off as level one characters and everyone mm-hmm. and their mother has some sort of tragic dark backstory where they co- fought and killed a demon a dragon yeah. an army whatever it is yeah. and like, <laughs> exactly. you're level one <laughs> exactly. a single guard can crit and kill you it Watch. makes no sense um right and, and that's why sometimes like DD campaigns can feel so stupid when you especially when you start off and your character dies day one because you in your mind are like ah oh, this uh-huh. character is this amazing <laughs> god-slaying hero and uh-huh. but burning wheel says no you aren't this is what well, you, you can are. be if you have enough life paths. Yeah, enough it. life paths, but but then but then but then it realistically frames it for you, right? Yeah, you have to it's justify like, it. You have yeah. to actually have spent this amount of time doing stuff. Yeah. You can't be a 20-year-old and have killed a uh-huh. god already. And your character will have resources that imply how they were able to have done that, right? Like yes. if you have six life paths and you've done a lot of cool things, guess what? You also have a lot of skill points to yeah. justify all of that <laughs> yeah which is why like you know six seven life path characters uh when you guys come up against them um in burning wheel like you know you know for example when um uh jared was uh at one point in crow inquisitors was like having a a scene with his um with his dad uh with the pope right and this this guy is like a six seven life path character and he has a will of eight right um and it's just like and jared's like why does he have a will of eight? And it's just like, well, because he spent his entire life being a pope. Like, of course, he's going to have a will of eight because that's what happens when you right. hone your mind for 60 years. Right. Um, yeah. And so Sorry, yeah, I think it, I cut it, out a little bit there. That's right. Yeah. My internet's a little unstable today, I guess. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. 
Um, and yeah, so it, it definitely like frames things much, much better. And, and it helps me, especially nowadays with whenever I create a character for anything, um, even, <clears throat> even like a book or whatever, that's what I'll go to. It's like the idea of bringing the life paths is because it, it grounds you so much in actually under, because also by the end, by the time you get finished making the character, you know, everything about him, right? Um, everything that matters right. at least, right? You know yeah. what he did since he was zero to since he was 26, right? And in, in right. what order yeah. and for how long, right? And you know what he learned, uh, like it's all there. Um, and it just takes, you know, uh, a little bit of ordering, uh, jotting down some notes in a, in a spreadsheet and there you go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, right. It, it, it just is, I think it's a good, it's it's my personal favorite character creation system for that reason. Now it it is much harder to hack, um, yeah, like different settings b- because of it, right? Um, it's it's much more difficult to make a Napoleonic era character, um, using the Burning Wheel Life Paths. Uh, you can right. still do it. Um, and and honestly, I feel like the Burning Wheel Life Paths are much more flexible than people give them credit for being at first glance. Like, and it actually gives some some guidelines um in uh the codex and i believe the anthology as to right um what to change before you actually have to make a burning like a burn up a new life yeah. path it's just like for sure most of the time you can just change the name and it fixes everything if if you can't if that doesn't work then here change one skill around right mm-hmm. if that doesn't work then change one trait um and, and you just keep going down that list and eventually you'll find oh yeah i can make a samurai by just like tweaking like two things on a knight character yeah. right like there for you sure. go it, it's done um and uh but yeah it's just it's just a compelling way to make characters and it it automatically not only gives um characters like uh grounding in the sense that we already discussed but it also gives them flavor that you don't expect right so like i take the guard life path and burning wheel tells you you are now a drunk right um now that doesn't mean you have to play to it in the game but it does flavor automatically the character you're making right it, it gives you it 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 it, it uh, springs to mind ideas and jumping off points that you didn't consider um but burning wheel did consider it it's like well what what a, what would medieval guards spend their time doing well they'd probably just sit around drinking all day because they're just like sitting around waiting for something to happen okay cool now i have a character backstory already built in i'm a drunk you know whatever it is um if this so. was a a modern setting it would say loves donuts instead you know, right exactly implication yes. right yes yeah. yeah that's the stereotype they're going for yeah right um, which i think is part yeah. of it right like because the fact that you don't have to play to it means yeah. it's also can be just a stereotype just a right? stereotype and you yeah. can you can get rid of it later on in the game by playing against it um because yeah. i remember when that first happened when i read that i was like so you're telling me my character has to be this thing. Like every guard ever is this thing. I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. But again, like, you know, it's, yeah. And, and I mean, it does require you to spend a trade point on it, but yeah, you can, you don't have to play to it, which is, is something. Cause that wasn't originally a thing I assumed. I figured if this is on my trait sheet, I, it's supposed to be true. Right. But yeah. that's not really how it works. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you just, you just don't, aren't getting fate for something that's on your on your character sheet which right, is, yeah. hampers you but if that's not what you want from the character then that's up to you mm-hmm. um, right yeah um i'm trying to think of where where to go from there so obviously we like played um crew inquisitors and and had have just been learning it since then playing lots of games i've done a lot of burning wheel campaigns and obviously crew inquisitors year of raging winds um we've done uh this we blow thing i've done death and the madness and lavender shadows which are like one season um burning wheel games um 
we've done some kind of mini stuff. We did a Lord of the Rings thing at one point. Um, right. What I guess let's talk about like maybe favorite things about it in a personal experience sense. Like how did we, what, what stuff jumps out to you as we were playing um, that really like made you fall in love with the game? Hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of it already. Um, just sort of the way that the mechanics encourage you to play the game, I think is a big yep. part of it. But um, hmm. I think I'm trying to think of something that stood out to me specifically. Uh, um, at some point. One thing that oh, yeah, like Connor said um, in Chrome Inquisitors uh, in the first season that I, I, that stuck with me as like a, a pivot point for us as a group was Connor mentioned at one point after we were doing uh, beliefs and instincts at the beginning of the game, uh, the beginning of a session. And he had just changed his belief around and like subverted it in an interesting way that like changed the direction of his character. Um, mm. And he described it and I was like, Oh, I really like that. And he's like, yeah, I really like making pith like the, the way that this game lets you make pithy lines to describe how your character has changed. Um, mm. And, and that's really, I think the core of, what we yeah. were learning about the game, right? Uh, coming off of stuff like D&D &D and the Mistborn Adventure game and whatever else we were playing, uh, Fate and whatnot, is um, Burning Wheel really encouraged you to change your character um, and to do it in ways that you wouldn't expect, right? Like for D&D, for &D, right. um, it's often like you can play the exact same character from level one to level 20. Mm -hmm. The game never gives you opportunity, at least in the mechanics itself, to change that, except yeah. for like leveling up if you want to try to multi-class or whatever, right? Um, right. But Burning Wheel like actively pushes against you constantly to get you to change your character. And you can, you can mm -hmm. double down if you want to and continue playing the same character forever. Um, but that will right. all, that will that will also tell us something about your character that mm -hmm. we didn't know before, um, right? You're you're gonna learn so many things about the character as you go, um, which is I think really helpful for new players um, coming into Brain Wheel or coming into role playing games in general to know um, in terms of like narrative structure and character, uh, like playing a character in a role playing game, is to just go with those sorts of things. Um, mm -hmm. right let it happen don't fight it um f go flow with the punches roll with the punches so that um you aren't because the worst thing you can do when you're playing the burning wheel is um try it's getting mad when the game pushes you to change um because you failed a roll or whatever right um that's the, the game doing its job right you're supposed to fail right. because you, you, i mean you literally have to fail to upgrade your skills <laughs> yeah right yeah. Uh, more or less so like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're never going to, I mean, the game basically sets it up in a way where, and this is something I thought was cool as well. Uh, the Artha is basically like, unless you are very, very good at something and have basically dedicated your character to it, there's a pretty good chance you're going to fail most things that are yeah. at all difficult, which is why you have fate and persona, yes. the, the Artha system. And so really, basically the game is set up in a loop where you have to play your character and fail at things that aren't as important yes. in order to have the resources you need to succeed when you want to when succeed, you really need when to. it's important. Yeah. And that I think it creates a situation. And because you get, um, you know, basically tests towards advancing your skills when you fail, it creates a system where you're going to fail a lot. And, but that failure doesn't necessarily, it's not, it doesn't bite so much because you're still improving. You know, you are, 
and well, usually uh, you can get tests that don't help, yeah. but um, you're, you're improving and you're likely getting into trouble. And most of the time when you get into trouble, you're earning our earth off of some part of your yeah. sheet and down the road, when something matters more, you can use that stuff. And I think that's a really elegant system for cushioning defeat or, you know, failure. Cause I've seen yeah. some games do different things to do that. It doesn't always work super well. Um, Cause in some games it's like, cool, you just want to fail because that's the, only, like, I think there is a powered by the apocalypse thing. Uh, some hacks of it where you only get XP when you fail, like that's the yeah. primary way of doing it, which I understand, but it also feels a little weird because if you're doing well, you're not improving at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, it doesn't discourage you from doing well, but it also doesn't, it makes failure as beneficial. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I did want to, on the thing you were saying, um, I, I don't know how I didn't think of that because that whole thing about you're watching your character change is like probably my, one of my favorite things about the game. That's basically yeah. the element that I tried to incorporate into my own game because it yeah. was the thing I liked the most. Um, so that's definitely on my list too, because I mean, it, Without really, without being like, because I, I saw a game once where it was literally, here's your character arc. And you can like, it like had different character arcs, your character would go through like different steps. And I was like, this is feels really robotic to me. And I didn't yeah. play it, but I hadn't, I have never played that system. But I, when I was looking at it, felt like, like this doesn't seem intuitive to me. And it was, it was entirely optional anyways. Yeah. Whereas Burning Wheel is the opposite. When I looked at it, I did not understand that that was going to happen, that there was going to be character arcs and you're going to watch stuff. Yeah. change because i was just like oh this is basically just your goals and the things you do to cheese the gm when he tells you your ambush you're like oh but i have my sword uh but then when you're when you're playing your character changes he has arcs right and it took me a while to realize that was happening because i didn't realize it until i was watching the characters change and i was like oh that's really cool i don't really understand why that happened it took me a while to figure it out um and i think that was something that was like, I mean, like you were saying, it's one of my favorite, probably the favorite thing, my favorite thing about this game. And I tried to to take the the pieces that I felt like were key to that and and mold them into, into bonds. And I was building it just because it was such an evocative idea that, yeah, your character could just through the process of trying to do the things you want change and whether or not you get those things makes a big difference on how they change. Right. And makes sense. But I mean, the main, main way that's happening in the game specifically, I mean, I've, I think basically been the GM for any burning wheel thing we've done. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone else has GM'd burning wheel. I think it's literally just been me. I GM'd one, one shot. I think unless that it might not even been in burning. Wheel. I think it was, it was remember when we were doing the burning wheel session for, um, I don't even remember who was there anymore. It's been so long. But we did one session in my in my kitchen on a, one of my old places where uh, we were doing that world we had created in the um, like the world creation game or whatever, um, where Jared had his crystal scourge and there was a like a flesh yeah. island. I, I don't think we played. No, no, no. So that was in the hero system. If you're thinking about like the island horror sure? thing we did, because I remember you picked like slave life paths and stuff no no no. That. so uh, um you're thinking that was the same day that we we made characters but we weren't playing the game yet so we okay. we, we did a session of hero system where we yeah. were on the monkey island or whatever right oh, that's what okay. you're thinking of yeah, and we did yeah, that in yeah. a hero system but then after oh, that okay. ended you were like hey we should make some characters just to see check out try this new system gotcha. so it was the same okay. day gotcha okay that's why i was yeah. confused Okay, well, in that case, no, then yeah, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Uh, but anyway, the reason I brought that up is because like it's my job then as the GM, um, I'm I'm really the primary like impetus for that happening because my job right. is to give you obstacles 
uh, towards your beliefs and instincts and traits and stuff, right? My job right. is to look at yeah. those things and say, do you really care about it? How mm -hmm. much do you care about it? Do you care about it enough to get in trouble? Do you care about it enough to uh, go against another thing on your sheet? Yeah, right? do you care like, about it more than this other thing Exactly, you want? right? Yeah, exactly. And that's Or it's something my job. that another player wants. <laughs> exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> right. And so it's my job to push on those things and then you as a player will start to realize, oh, I don't actually care about this as much, right? Like, you know, nope. Connor right at the beginning of the of Crow Inquisitors was like, I I want to take charge and be the moral compass of this group. And then he realized very early on that he didn't want to stand up to Delon. And so he yeah. just let <laughs> Delon walk all over him and do whatever he wanted, right? Yeah. And so he was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to let Delon do whatever he wants. That's my new thing. Right. <laughs> um, because he didn't want to think about it. Yeah. Works for me, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but that's yeah, the sort exactly. of stuff that's really great about, about the Burning Wheel. It, because it if if you're in the right mindset for it, if you're not going to like try to fight it, right? Um, and just be a bad sport yeah. about it, then you'll find it to be the, be some of the most engaging role playing you've ever done because your, mm -hmm. your yeah. character will start off being, you know, uh, a holy knight who wants to cut out everybody's tongue and whatever else to being <laughs> the leader of the rebellion that lead that overthrows the church itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I, the thing you mentioned that it's your job to do that is really important because if the GM isn't doing that and the characters are just walking into what they want yep. without very much trouble, then yeah, they're, of course they're not going to change because they don't have, there's no pressure yep. there. Right. Yep. Um, so I think that's an important point to make. And um, I mean, I don't think I've played burning wheel with any other GM ever either. So I guess I don't know what that would look like because you've always done a pretty good job of that. Why, um, yes. of course. Uh, so I don't know what it would look like to play burning wheel without like good pressure on your beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I imagine it wouldn't work nearly as well. Oh, right? you know what, because David, you have jammed a game of burning wheel. We did the I? play by post thing with me, you, me and Carly. Oh, that's right. For like yeah, a yeah. session or two. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it yeah. was. I, I, I just remember that. That was a fun mm -hmm. character. I like that character. Yeah, no, that was cool. Uh, I had so much like information. And we you did so it much world building. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we never went back to it. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, we were talking about the things that sort of stood out to us and I, uh, those are probably the main things. Do we want to talk maybe about like the sort of basic mechanics? Like, well, so the, yeah, I was just going to mention, I don't think we need to get too far into those, um, be mainly because like, I, I mean, I, Go to go listen to the Chrome Inquisitors podcast if that's what you want, <laughs> because fair. I literally break right. it down in between the sessions every time. Yeah. You can even find the timestamps if you want to learn this particular thing. I break down the rules very extensively during the first season of Chrome Inquisitors, that podcast that we've done. Yeah. Um, sure. So go ahead and check that out if you want to actually learn the mechanics of the game. Um, mainly, like obviously, like the main thrust of it is you're making a dice pool um, mm -hmm. based on whatever the number next to your stat or ability is. Um, and you're, you're rolling these dice and four, five, six is a success. One, two, three is a failure. Um, and, uh, uh, one of the most important mechanics, uh, mechanical bents to it is the intent and task system, right. which is, uh, I guess an important thing to talk about in terms of like a general structure of the whole thing. Um, right. And, and that's, what's really ruined me for other games in terms <laughs> yeah, of not playing that maybe that's not the right way of saying it i always play other games now using the intent and task system because yeah. it's just the best way to do it um sure. where, where basically the idea is 
um, you uh, a character says, "I want to. I'm. I'm. This is what I do. I narrate what I'm doing, and then I say, okay, what's your intent with this action? Right? Like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? What happens if you succeed? And then you're like, well, okay, I want to convince this guy to come on a quest with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. The task for that would be the persuasion skill. That sounds like you're what you're doing. And then we roll. Um, where normally with D and D, right? Um, it's just like I say, roll the perception to perception check, and no one asks why. No one asks, no yeah. one cares why. So sometimes <laughs> players will just roll it even when I don't ask them to, and no one will know what happens when a number gets rolled. It'll just be like, I rolled a one. Well, it's like, well, I didn't need you to roll. Like nothing was happening at all. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter, right? Yeah. That's the sort of thing that Burning Wheel deletes entirely. It just says like, listen, there's a narrative procedure here to every every mm-hmm. roll you do. You narrate something. You The GM asks you what your intent with that action is. And once you just give that to the GM, the GM tells you what skill or ability you're rolling. Um, and that is such a helpful thing, um, specifically for us in 2016, learning how to play role-playing games better. It, it revolutionized the way we viewed that thing because, yeah, when you're playing D- D&D 3.5, you're just like rolling dice left and right and no one really cares or offers explanation for what the numbers actually mean. Um, right. like sometimes, a, you know, obviously an adventure path would be like, yeah, DC 20 sense motive to like, if I figure yeah. out this person is lying. But if, uh, but if we were just trying to figure it out on our own, it would just be like, uh, I don't know, I guess you just roll this thing. Um, yeah. and I don't really know what the failure or success is going to be. Yeah. Um, and you don't either. We're just kind of rolling numbers. Um, yeah. D&D uh, also has this awkward thing in most games do where it's like, cause it's a mechanics first game. Yeah. So you go up to the door and you're like. I want to push this door over and the GM is like, it's 20 feet tall made of solid steel. And you're like, I could roll a 20 and you roll. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, eh, not really. It doesn't matter what you roll. I mean, I get you're a superhero and you're an orc, but it doesn't matter. And in, in burning wheel, it's sort of the same, except for it doesn't matter which, I mean, if you've got five power and the, the obvious 20 it doesn't matter. You, I mean, it doesn't matter how much you do, you're not going to get it. <laughs> so it's like, right. Where where in D sometimes it's like oh you can randomly get it on the chaos plateau because yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean chances are that that role would never even make it past the intent stage because yeah. if your intent in Burning Wheels to push over the wall and that's impossible, impossible. the GM will just say no which you yeah. could do in D and D you could but D and D doesn't really D and D doesn't tell you that, you that right yeah. that that's the yeah. issue right that's the right. main thing that I love about Burning Wheel is it actually just tells you it yeah. it explains how role playing games should work you you don't mm-hmm. have to figure it out on your own. Um, right. right. And that's, that's how you get bad situations. Like I remember this is, I think still in the first season of Chrome because there's the podcast version, Josh, uh, it was explaining at one point how he was playing a, a game of Pathfinder with someone and, um, they were crossing a field and the, the DM, DM said to roll a perception test every like t- 20 feet across the field. And then at the very end of the thing, nothing happened. Like they literally just crossed <laughs> the field and nothing. And I'm like, it's right. like, that's the sort of ridiculous stuff that you can't yeah. get away with in burning wheel. Because I would say right. one, I would either know there is something to notice or there wouldn't be. Yeah. And I would just make, I have you make one roll. There you go. The right. end. It gives you yeah. best practices in the rules themselves for how often you should roll, why you should mm-hmm. roll, when you should roll, like what let it ride. when you roll. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. That's is a big one. That's not in any in of the system. game I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Cause then it's like, uh, you know, I want to try to lift this, this thing. Okay. I failed. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. It's like, okay. That's how you get like the take 20 thing. Right. Which is basically just don't play the game. Right. And it's like, that doesn't, I mean, and there are some instances where let it ride doesn't like in your own mind. David, it might not make a ton of sense. Cause you're like, Oh, I could just 
try this again. Why, why wouldn't I try it again? And yeah. in theory, maybe you could, but the idea with letter write is that it, it won't work. Right. We know yeah. that maybe you could maybe you chance spend, this enough times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you do spend 20 minutes trying to do it, but you failed right. the role. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it, that also pushes the game into a new direction because you're yeah, required just to like you a have to do something else. A different now. angle. Right. Yeah. Instead of in D&D where it's like, well, I just keep doing the same thing because it's what I'm good at until it works. Um, and I think D&D encourages that problem because it gives the impression that if you roll 20, anything can happen because really kind of can. Yeah. And so it almost buries itself in that issue where it it almost tells you like and, you to, be wanna, fair, and no... to be fair, I feel like some of that at the very least is part of the mythology of D&D and not yeah, so much yeah. the actual rules or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. There's definitely a mythology around you get a 20, anything can happen. Uh, right. I think at least 5e has gone out of its way to like not say that and then in the dmg it's like here's an optional rule that you can do 20 is always <laughs> well, always fair. hit which is what which yeah. is what we do but uh, but if if yeah. i was like i don't want this to happen i just don't have them roll <laughs> right so. and maybe that's a stigma that's carried over from other stuff for yeah. DD. maybe it's not fair anymore but yeah um yeah, yeah. so uh obviously yeah this is stuff that we're um we really like about burning wheel is there anything else that we um i guess one thing i wanted to talk about and maybe we can like on the latter half of it talk about the stuff we don't like um but just right before before we get off of the stuff we do like um one thing i like is the fact that the burning wheel um gets across a certain feel so well mm-hmm. um yeah. right it's it's attempting to go for you know the life passive man it's attempting to go for medieval society um like medieval society simulator like this is what you want to want to play and if if that's what you're going for, it is perfect for that. It, it makes it feel like that thing. If you're playing with like um, elves and dwarves and orcs and whatever, whatever the other races are in, in the Burning Wheel books, it's going to feel like Tolkien, um, which is how it's supposed to, right? Like that's what it's meant yeah. to do. Um, and that's why it's such a compelling thing for me, um, not only to do those things, but also to figure out how to make it do other things by rewriting life paths right by because the life right. paths are so integral to how how why it feels like it like it does um right. and and which is which is why I, the hacks that i've read of the burning wheel are so evocative too is because it takes a lot of work but once it's mm-hmm. done yeah. y- it feels so different um but right. yeah. it's all the same mechanics right it's always going to work the same way um, but you can make anything feel drastically different by changing the the characters that are going to exist in the setting through the life right. path system. So, like, you know, one thing we want to do soon is to do a, a hand era Japan game based on the blossoms are are, are falling, which is a burning wheel hack that uh, it changes all the life paths so that you're in Japan now. Um, right. Which is fantastic. If that's what you want, like if that's the feel you're going for, um, that right. that's awesome. Um it it can be something that's bad about brain wheel, I guess, because it does take a lot of work to do that sort of thing. Um, but if you do the work, it's going to be great. It's going to be so, yeah. so much well, better than just reskinning fate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, especially with a game like burning wheel, which is pardon me, which is not intended to be, it's, it's not like powered by the apocalypse where it was built to be hacked. Right. Powered by the right. apocalypse is basically an, an engine to be used yeah. for other things as well. I mean, this is a, a a themed game and so i don't i don't even know that it really counts as a weakness that it takes a lot of work to change right um it's unfortunate that it takes a lot of work to change because we'd like to be able to mold it but i don't know that it counts as a weakness right because yeah. it's not intended to do that yeah um it would be a weakness if a system agnostic or like a setting agnostic game was hard to tweak because 
that's the whole point um but yeah uh i think yeah it does it does its job very well especially like with the difference between fantasy and medieval it's impressive to me that it can manage that because i mean if you look at the sort of i think difficulty <clears throat> has a lot to do with that right a, a tolkien-esque game you're expecting your characters to be pretty competent right like yeah you know, which they is kill why the elf, elf and dwarf life paths are <laughs> yeah. so ridiculously awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, it's impressive to me, really, that it manages to do that where the same rules and system can can do a, it's not pulpy, but it's closer, the Tolkien-esque thing. And then also have the really gritty, like, dangerous, I mean, that, uh, you know, medieval, or more historical medieval setting. I know we were looking at, when we played um but tonight we danced i think it was where yep. i was playing garwin right that was that was the most uh intense that that theme could be right i was playing a one three life path character so you know it's just me and i only had three life paths that is as difficult as you can play that game basically and actually i think it's a testament to the game that it still worked because a lot of games like D D, for instance you if not, you have less yeah. people it's just harder if like if you went up to the same like a, a counter with less people, you would just die instead. And, but, and, but but I think the thing with D&D too is like, if you did try to pare it down, pare down the difficulty and say, it would just be boring at that point because it'd be like yeah, one be dude fighting two goblins, things. right? Like right. that's not fun at all. Yeah. Uh, but Burning Wheel, yeah. Like you can enter incredibly dire, dangerous situations and have it feel really dangerous and often be really dangerous. But the mm. way the game functions uh, it doesn't mean that you just die instantly. The game yeah. doesn't. Does the game doesn't falter? It continues and right. more tensely than before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how it was, right? Like I had a lot of instances where I was like, "This is super difficult. If I mess yeah. this up, it's going to be really bad." And I got lucky a few times, um, quite a few times, um, and then unlucky sometimes where I shouldn't have. But yeah, and that's how it works, right? Where it it has a very, I guess, it has a really flexible difficulty yep. sort of scale that helps it compensate with multiple players and with multiple fantasy themes, or I guess even other themes, which I think is saying a lot because a lot of games break down if you don't play them in the right, um, you know, within the right boundaries, or if yep. you make new stuff, it has to fit very well with those new boundaries or it'll, I mean, it's not it'll even that it's not like right. that. It, uh, it, it, you can break beyond the boundaries. It's just that the boundaries are so wide. Right. The, the boundaries right. are intentionally yeah. wide in the Bernie wheel in that sense yeah. um, so that you can yeah play. And, and that's what's awesome about Bernie wheel in a life paths and it's like campaign scenario sense is you could literally play. And I've wanted to do something like this, play a game like um, all the characters are just monks in a monastery and, and it would be <laughs> yeah. just as engaging as we're all knights you know fighting mm -hmm. dragons because the you would just use different skills right you just right. the the tension would be whether or not the your 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 the brother friar could make the good wine tonight <laughs> when he's supposed right. to right like that yeah but it would still be just as tense it would just be a different like type of ten tension yeah there'd be um, different yeah. conflicts different, different, different stakes of, yeah yeah exactly i mean we literally like did a and i'm about to hopefully releases the next couple months or so, but um, Year of Raging Winds, most of the game, for me at least, was uh, like, the, the fun part about it was Josh continually failing cooking rolls to try to get the... <laughs> Uh, he is like a new cook and he was trying to like prove himself on the on the open ocean as a uh, sailor's cook uh, ship's cook and yeah. uh, he just kept failing over and over and over again and it was <laughs> glorious um yeah. and it just didn't make any sense to me in the most in the most amazing way i was just like why is this so fun <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's, I think a big part of it, right, is that conflict has to have, I mean, it has to have stakes, right? Yeah. And the easiest stake is life or death for something to, to, to put. Right. There's natural tension there because someone yeah. might die. I mean, sometimes the media does a poor job and the character dies and we don't even care because they haven't yeah. built any reason for you to care. But generally, loss of life is a pretty decent stake. But <laughs> It's also the easiest, right? Yeah. And so when you see things that, you know, like a bunch of monks, when they can still build stakes, but the way they do it is they tie it to what a character wants, what matters to a person, right? If a character feels like impassioned on something, they want something and we can tell that they want it, we'll want it for them too, as long as it's not super messed up and we'll root for them, right? Yep. And maybe even if it is messed up, something. <laughs> yeah. It depends. <laughs> Some pretty messed up antagonists yep. or protagonists. Protagonist. And so, I mean, if you had a, if you had a group of monks, Then, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, you cut out a little bit there. Yeah. So if you had a a bunch of five E monks, but like actually being monks, right? It wouldn't. There wouldn't be any stakes there. That wouldn't work. Yeah. You're not killing things, really, and that's that's what five E cares about. And not to just constantly bring up five E. It's just the main one. And whereas in this game, because the focus of the game is the GM putting difficulties in the way of what characters want, their beliefs, right? There's always stakes there because we yep. are watching characters do the things that they want to accomplish that puts stakes and puts, you know, um, is conflict and tension into pretty much whatever it is because we've tied it to the characters. And we, as long as we care about those characters, yep. we'll care about what they want. And I think that's why it can do that kind of thing. That's why you can have a game about, you know, pretty much anybody and it'll still be interesting as long as those characters are good. Um, Whereas a lot of other games struggle with that because they don't have any reason for the players to engage with what their characters want beyond improving their characters' abilities, which usually is through killing things or whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that mm-hmm. that's a big part of why they can do that kind of thing, okay. and it's not a lot of games can. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's talk about the stuff we don't like about the Burning Wheel. Um, sure. What's what's the stuff that we don't like? I mean, we talked a little bit uh, before before we jumped on the podcast about um, the complicated rules that sometimes uh, the brain wants you to want you to do. We, we, I mean, and, and it's, as we said before, it's not like you have to use them, right? It, the brain wheel gives you right. uh, what's called the the hub and the spokes, right? So there's the hub where you ha- like have to play <laughs> uh, core mechanics. Yeah. yeah. Those are the core mechanics of the game. If you're not using those, then you're not playing the game. Um, and then it has the spokes, which is like all these subsystems that you can or cannot use. And then the rim, which is like the the most complicated parts of the game, which uh, you could spend you could you could play, you know, 50 campaigns and never even hit them and you'd still be having a fun time. Um, it's just like more more advanced stuff if you want to get to it. Um, David, you, you were talking a little bit about that before we started. Do you want to jump back into that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think part of the so, again, I mean, I, I call this my favorite mechanics heavy game or crunchy game because there are after you get past the basic mechanics which are pretty you know there's there's heft to them but they're intuitive right yeah once you once you get to bear with them um but there are systems after that like for instance the proper combat system the fight system right yeah the, and things like that where typically if you're going to end up using them you kind of have to look them up in the book because for one you don't use them that often because yeah. they're intentionally there for really big climactic moments which is good because if you had every com conflict that is occurring in the in the game be a single role then you know in theory 
the bar fight that happens in the first session has just as much tension and build up mechanically as well, more or less as the final boss fight, right? Yeah. You're still making yeah. one roll. There's probably more involved, but it still just comes down. You're adding, so you're adding more dice, but it's still, yeah, just one roll. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, maybe there was some, maybe there was some, uh, uh, what do you call it? Link tests leading up to link tests. Yeah. yeah. There might've been some link tests and that kind of stuff, but, and probably much higher stakes. Uh, but ultimately you're still just making one roll. So I think it's good to have systems that allow you to make it more dramatic. Right. Yep. And this game also does, more than a lot of games do in that sense. And that it also has a system for a dual of wits, which is yes, for conversations. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, other systems as well that allow you to draw out other things that are also just important as important than in media would take much longer than, you know, one roll of time, but usually get glossed over and other stuff. You have a system where you can make this very dramatic thing actually take an appropriate amount of time, which yep. is important because as we said, this game can accommodate uh, you know, settings and, and concepts that don't involve combat at all. Yep. And so it, let's say you're playing monks in a monastery and you never fight anybody, right? Well, if it was only a combat system, yes. you would never have yep. more more dramatic rules to engage with. But the dual so wits mechanics are there for you to do your awesome monk mm -hmm. conversation duels. Like, exactly. yes, yeah. that's exactly what you do. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's good that those are there and I think they do a pretty good job. There are things about them that, I I mean that I, I didn't quite I don't quite understand sometimes as to why they work the way they do or or why the like the approach from them they were like how it works but yeah. um, I mean yeah you know, the thing about Burning Wheel is you pretty much are always learning new stuff about it so maybe yep. I just haven't yep. haven't found the sauce yet but there are, usually when I use them I'm like something about this doesn't quite click with my brain um, but they are good for what they do they they extend that that into a proper conflict right yeah um into blow by blow um the thing is a lot of times if you want to use them you have to look that stuff up yep. and you have to basically have the book open in front of you to do it right mm -hmm. um yeah i think every time we've done a fight um in in any of our sessions uh you know an hour and a half is taken up and most of it's like us preparing our actions and rechecking right. the rules and which which uh, really it's like we need to just do a more and get more comfortable with it and then right. it'll stop being so much of page flipping and uh, like mm -hmm. dual of wits for example i could do probably without even looking up any of the rules at this point because uh, i've done it done it so much uh, comparatively right. um but uh yeah there's just a, a um a learning curve there that is a bit more difficult than everything else yeah um and, and, and sometimes can turn people stuff, off but... right to yeah. to the game um which is one of the but reasons that i haven't done any of those in yeah. uh in some of the games right. we've done but. and and to be fair a lot of times the kinds of people who would be turned off by that are probably the same people who would be turned off by a rules complex system okay. in general yeah. right like they probably wouldn't even approach a game that was built to be like that all the time yeah um and so it's i don't know if it's necessarily any any more condemning of that than any other complex system. every every weakness so. we're finding is just not even a weakness david <laughs> <laughs> of course uh well and like i said because you can play the game without those things yeah. it sort of it does insulate itself from yeah. a lot of the, the pitfall of a lot of games where you just yep. can't play without those complex yep. systems like hero so, system it's great. impossible to play without knowing all of these weird random yeah, you have rules. To use rules you have to use right. them yeah 
So yeah, I think that's that's the strength of it is that if, if you're not a party that wants to look up those rules, then you just don't. I mean, you might you might not get the same payoff from certain things as if you put the time in to learn them, but that's okay. Um, and other things like, for instance, in fight, you know, you you uh, and actually in dual wits as well, you plan out your three actions or more if you have higher reflexes, but mm-hmm. three is whatever, and then uh, you flip them over in rounds, which means that if you're in the middle of a round, I think there is a mechanic for changing your mind, but it's mm-hmm. basically like you just kill so, yourself. So penalized. Yeah. <laughs> so penalizing that yeah. you might as well not do it. It's yeah, exactly. And so it, it sort of takes what I, I imagine personally, which maybe it's just my own approach, but I imagine personally as sort of a back and forth in combat and sort of makes it like flailing. And it, it describes it that way in the book where it's like, oh, okay, combat is chaotic and you don't always know what's happening. And that's true. But a lot of combat is reading and reacting right and you could read wrong and you could react poorly and that's fine that's what bad roles are for um but for so that's something that i've always thought was a little strange where you know if i'm like why would i block if it's very clear that he's also blocking (laughs) you know this is that kind of stuff where and i mean maybe like an untrained character with no skill would do something like that he would see the the blade move into a block he's like oh and block but i mean especially if your character is at seven sword or whatever where he's above the theoretical cap for a human you'd think he'd be able to read that yeah that's why that's fair because like really it is it's dependent on you as the player having Mm -hmm, to guess what they're going to do which is yeah it it is a weird not almost non-burning wheel thing to do because it's burning wheel is always so dependent on what your character is good at not what you're Mm -hmm. good at as a person yeah Yeah. so there are little things like that 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 just sort of just the way that i envision the conflicts don't quite line up but i mean obviously it and lined up with the way that luke crane envisioned it so it, it's yep. not like it's necessarily wrong just for yep. me that's a strange disconnect mm-hmm. um and that's that's honestly my biggest thing with it I, the rest of it is all fine like the chart for you know if if i'm fainting and you're blocking then i get a really easy roll on you like all that stuff's good it makes sense and in fact it was a must have been a ton of work like i i looked at those charts before and i'm like if i had to write this it would be a huge headache. So, I mean, Hey, you know, yeah. more power to him for actually yeah. doing it. Um, and it, it makes for a lot of, you have a lot of choice, a lot of tactical choice, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's honestly one of my biggest complaints is just that yeah. uh, sometimes kind of just have to, especially with the charts, you just have to have them open, which is whatever. A lot yeah. of games are like that. And you know, some, some of those systems don't quite jive with the way I expect them to look, yep. but do you have anything? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing that I thought was like, Oh, if I ever have a problem with burning wheel, I just tweak it very slightly. Um, like <laughs> right, I, yeah. there's definitely things where I feel like I play, we just play it this way so much now that it's maybe it's not even the, so there are, there are several fiddly things in burning wheel where it could be interpreted multiple ways. And I've interpreted it one way and I've seen in the Burning Wheel Discord and other places, the Burning Wheel forums and stuff, people have interpreted it very differently. Um, I think the way that we play it is the most engaging and I think the way that makes the most sense. Uh, but it's always funny to have someone like um, uh, Josh Lang come come along and read the book uh, in a way that no other play, Burning Wheel player has, has read it before except for you um, and, and understand <laughs> the rules uh, just as much if not more than me um, and, and then be like, wait a second, is that how this works? I don't think this is how this works. And then me having to like either double down on right. the <laughs> weird just house decide. rule I decided I made up or... Or, uh, or yeah, like, you know, there's there's stuff like that where, um, I think I've ironed out any, uh, I feel like, and maybe this is just me bragging about myself, but like, 
Um, You've had I, a lot of experience. I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've been able to iron out any of the fiddly details that are maybe interruptive or whatever um, of the yeah. flow of the game and uh, change them in such a way that it just flows naturally um, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, the I guess the only thing that jumps to my mind um, as like a larger thing is the time and investment it takes to play a proper campaign at Burning Wheel. Mm, um, yeah. Right? Like Burning Wheel is a very slow game. Mm. Um, which is intentional, but not necessarily. Yeah, great. which is totally intentional. And <laughs> to be fair, my preferred way to play role-playing games anyway, mm-hmm. like I'm totally yeah. about that. It just means that it's really difficult to do games that are less than 10 episodes or even yeah. less than 30 episodes, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, playing um, Lavender Shadows, for example, we did 10 episodes of that. And we did a whole arc of stuff. Like, it was all interesting and stuff. But you could tell by the end of it, there were so... There was so much more to explore. Like, we had just right. hit the very beginning of the campaign of this, but then we yeah. stopped and we didn't play anymore, right? And right. it's it takes so much investment to get the most out of the burning wheel that it can be a little daunting and intimidating to some people. Um, This is why I'm, I'm very happy that we're doing the weed below um, right now because it's intentionally supposed to be slow and we're not trying to like push people to constantly update everything. Um, People could probably update a little bit faster than they're doing. David, (laughs) just kidding. Um, But uh, right. Like I'm happy with it because there's plenty of stuff going on and we can just, I I mean, there's because it's, it's on, it's on a play by post sort of thing. We can take Mm -hmm. our time. We don't have to suddenly be like, Oh, a player's not free on Thursday nights anymore. I guess we got to change it. Right. We can just kind of take our time. Uh, and that's also why I'm really excited to get back to Chrome Inquisitors, um, because we've done what like thirty something episode, thirty five episodes maybe uh, in mm. in that setting. Uh, I guess almost forty, counting your raging winds and right. other like side things we've done in that setting. Um, but I'm really excited to to keep exploring the characters of Alphonse and Delon and Cantarius and whoever else. Right, like I want to mm. see where they go because there's been so, like you know three seasons worth of stuff a lot has happened but right, we're yeah. nowhere near the end right we know there's mm-hmm. so much more to do um so yeah again you know it's it's part of the design of the game like i don't the thing about burning wheel is like anything that's like a bad thing you know that it was does it's it wasn't an accident it was designed that yeah. way right it's not right. like they it's not like dnd 5e where you know they just messed up right like <laughs> like so constantly people will just like find weird rulings where it's like this doesn't make any sense like why is this rule written the way it is and then they'll right. message one of the people who you know kevin whoever it is i can't remember the names of the people who will respond on twitter or whatever um oh right yeah. uh the creators of the game uh who will say no it's supposed to be like this and it's like but but you didn't write it like that yeah, right like right. it's it's one thing to be like yeah this is how what i meant but but you have to actually write it like that which is why mm-hmm. i just like it's so frustrated with D sometimes where i'm just like listen i'm gonna i'm gonna rule this either uh how i want it to be like how i'm gonna interpret it how i want it to be or i'm gonna be like if it's like or i'm gonna like interpret it exactly as written Right. And not care what you on Twitter have said, right? Like I just be like, listen, this is what the game is. If right. it's something like obviously broken, then I'll be like, yeah. ah, no, we'll do it our own way. Sounds but cool. yeah, but but for the most part, I'm looking at this game and I'm like, listen, D and D five e, you told me this is how it works. I am not listening to the Twitter people. Yeah. This is how it right. works. Um, like we just had a thing the other day, um, where 
uh it didn't it didn't specify like um how oh, oh yeah it was like uh damage whether or not damage done after someone's hit point limit still counted as damage for the purpose of like getting health back from like a necromantic effect and oh, right. D&D 5e does not specify whether or not you're still doing damage after right. someone's hit points and I was like listen the way this is worded all it says is he gets half of the amount of damage he did back in yep. health and I'm like right. I don't care and then someone was like oh it looks like on Twitter this guy and I was like don't care this is how it's yeah. written like <laughs> well, not that it's burning real related but I think that makes more sense because yeah. if you do enough damage under their health they die so it doesn't matter <laughs> right exactly so, yeah. but anyways yeah exactly right but yeah that's yeah. that was that's the point I made it's like you can't and that's what I appreciate about Luke Crane is like even if it's like someone disagrees with something in the rule book you know that he didn't do it on accident um because this game has been revised over and over again for years and years and years maybe there were accidents before (laughs) but like at this point in the year of our lord 2022 uh, the burning wheel is how it's supposed to be um and so yeah it's 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 nice to be able to look at a game like that and be like anything we have issue with we know the reason it's there and we can appreciate Mm -hmm. the reason it's there because of the intention of the creator um so it's nice yeah and i think on what you were saying like yeah it's I think it can be said that it's a weakness of, of burning wheel and that it doesn't do quick games. Well, but yep. like you said, it's not, it's not like it was an unintentional flaw. He built the game to be good at one thing and sort of by nature, it makes it difficult to be good at the other. Yep. Um, and I think it's like, it's like, it's like apocalypse world. You can't do a yeah. long campaign of apocalypse <laughs> exactly. World, right. Yeah. <laughs> by virtue of the way the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's not a bad thing then either. It's, yeah, right? it's that's just bad. how that game is it's built. Just how it goes. Um, but then if you want to keep playing, it can be hard. So it's, you know, it it's is like, kind of, well, all of our characters are dead. Uh, yeah. Five episodes. It's in. like, well, the world is on fire and we're only four <laughs> sessions in. So I guess yeah. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the sort of thing where but, in apocalypse world, like whenever you do a one shot of apocalypse world or other apocalypse world hack, I mm. never feel bad about having the world destroyed by the end of the game, like which has happened yeah. so many times. It um, does a lot, yeah. <laughs> but but with Ber- if we ever did like a Bernie wheel one shot, which I don't think we would do um, yeah. anyway. But it, if we did, the whole one shot would be making character. Exactly. Yeah. If we did it, I I could I can imagine it being like around maybe one conversation that it, that some characters are having yeah. over. A, oh, their friend just died, and they're making funeral preparations. That's the entire session. <laughs> Right. And it will never get any higher stakes than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, interesting, I think, you know, how you were saying that the th- there's just so much more to the game when you hit the end of it. And that's why it's difficult to have really small, short games. I think that's just by nature of, you know, you were saying earlier, the, one of the cool things about life paths is it really lets you fill out the character. And it also kind of just by nature, having done it, fills out the world, right? Yep. Puts information yep. in the world. You have to have a place to play in. And then you character has there things are they cobblers. want. And yeah, exactly. And character arcs. And all that together puts a lot of information out there. And I think that's why it's so hard to sum that up so quickly. Because yep. in a Burning Wheel game, I'm sorry, in a, an Apocalypse Wheel game, you only really need to know what you need to know to play, right? You you And I mean, there's some like, his, you can have like, a, you know, character hooks or whatever. And the intentions towards other characters yep. or past events. But depending on the, version of the game you're playing but you know it's it can be really pared down as much as you want and so it's not you don't yeah. feel like you have all this extra information that didn't get anything done with it whereas in burning wheel to start the game you need all that information yeah. and put, so it's really put, hard to close all those exactly right? yeah you yeah. put four playbooks in a room and you have an apocalypse world game right there <laughs> exactly yeah. um yeah. <laughs> whereas yeah in burning wheel one character has enough enough information behind them just narratively that 
yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel right to end that fast. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You sure. always you always feel that there's more, um, which is which what is I love about also, it. Yeah. Um, and and is one of the reasons that I'm excited to do the Hellbreaker Universe stuff and to to get more mm-hmm. deep into that and to have Burning Wheel be the center of it because that's what Burning Wheel is best at. Right. Long, long things, and I want right, to make yeah. it. Um, able make us able to make anything that we do in the burning wheel as part of the long running thing that is the Hellbreaker universe um, to get the most out. What I feel is going to get the absolute most out of the system you could possibly <laughs> yeah, get. It's hard to be more long form than that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So thousands of years and uh, <laughs> yeah, multiple sure. star systems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, any any closing thoughts on burning wheel talk? Um. Go buy it. Yeah, I think we have most of the parts. Yeah, if you can find somewhere to buy it, go buy it. Uh, (laughs) Not always on burning wheel website, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right. I think right now all the I don't know if the anthology is, but at the very least, um, the burning wheel codex and the burning wheel gold are are on. Okay, that's good. uh, Yeah, they're on. They're on sale right now for fifty five bucks for both the books. Go get it. Nice. Uh, Burning wheel anthology is still still live on there for twenty bucks. Um, and then there's also Torchbearer, which you can get on there, which is based on the yeah, bones of the Burning that. Wheel. We do, yeah, we really need to play Torchbearer at some point. Um, and that's that's one of the other things I love about Burning Wheel. It's just like all of the hacks that do actually exist of it, um, made by the Burning Wheel people themselves and others. Um, there's a lot of really fun because it because it's creates such investment. Um, to attempt something like that, you know that anytime there is something like that, it's going to be good, right? It's not someone half-heartedly putting something together. It's a labor of love that is going to be very, very intense. Um, And I think at this point, I've read every Burning Wheel hack. Um, So, uh, (laughs) I'm. it's just, it's it's exciting. I really like, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to doing some hacking myself in the future here. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of which will be on Idle Inspiration. Um, I really, 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 really want to make a burning wheel hack of the hellbreaker sequence uh mm. that setting we made up in legacy oh it's just so evocative i love it um that'd so, be cool yeah you know. sorry I, I did cut you off from your final thoughts though no that's, that's no problem. i was just saying um no actually i think i was just trying to think of what i wanted to say anyway so you're fine <laughs> uh yeah but i mean i think it's i mean summary right it's, if this is a review it's it's completely worth it especially if you're not afraid of putting work into a character, right? Like some effort, yep. um, it, you know, if it's hard for you to invest into a character, it might be difficult to approach the game because that's basically it. But the thing is that the more investment in a character that you have, the better the story around them can be. Yep. And so I think you know, if, if you're a GM or a group that's ready to invest in a narrative and like get the most out of a storytelling element you can, I think, I don't really think there's a better place to go yep. for it. Um, and, and, and hey, even if you want sci-fi out of it, go go buy yeah. Burning Empires. Burning Empires, yeah, yeah. Go do Burning Empires. It's fun. Yeah. Or you could download the Star Systems. Oh yeah, the, or Star Wars. Do yeah. Star Wars. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's lots of, lots of good role playing to be done. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think as a, a closing, I mean, I think it's super. Even even if there are little things here and there that that don't exactly line up with what I'm personally looking for here, there, yep. or whatever, it they're always at least evocative design decisions and most of the time optional, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if something isn't working for you, you just do it the other way that the game lets you do it. Yeah. Um, and I oh, think that's you know, one of its strengths. You know, the other thing that I, I just remembered that I know you don't like about the burning wheel, the resource cycle, <laughs> the, the resource cycle, <laughs> the resource cycle. 
Um, oh, specifically like when you're not playing percent. characters who are rich. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I have to say, I think that's probably the most I've ever gotten into it in a game of Burning Wheel um, about <laughs> rules. It's just like David constantly being like, I do not want to do the... <laughs> I do not want to engage with this resource cycle. I, yeah. Can I just have someone else pay for my things, please? <laughs> yeah, there are some elements that are... I think they feel fiddly, like the training, for instance. Yeah. Um, they feel fiddly. They feel like they take a lot of, of book work. Oh, and yeah, training. It, I, I've totally forgot about, about that. Yeah, which um, for context, training is basically like if you're doing downtime, you can put time trained towards improving skills and it takes a significant amount of time. Like I think for magical stuff, it can take years worth of accumulated training, yeah. right? And to me personally, it feels like that's never going to happen. Now, that's not true. It depends on the game you're playing, right? Um, just, I guess, with our style, maybe it's not very common. But the thing is, those are there for a reason, which is because they established the setting, right? Like th this is a medieval setting. So paying your way can be difficult, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And th things can be hard <laughs> if you're not rich. It's, it sucks. That's the point, right? Like it, I think it helps set the tone in a way that makes it, things take a long time to learn. Um, you know, your character might not have the opportunity to learn those things. Yep. and I think that's while it's it can be frustrating from a game perspective. I think it's one of those things like you were saying earlier, where you know if you're willing to work with the game, it improves the narrative, right? Yeah. Um, as long as you're you know understanding why it's there and not trying to fight it. Um, yeah. I mean, we literally just had a, a scene in the Wee Below um, where Josh Lang's character Saris, uh, who's like a groundskeeper and surgeon, um, went to go buy someone a pair of shoes. And failed his resource test, right? And and what Oof, happens? He gets rough. he gets dragged into an underground rebellion against the people the the spider overlords in charge of the city because he needs to pay off. He debt. needs yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like that. It was like basically like the person who's selling in the shoes is like, I'll give you a oh, deal, right? If you do this you for do me, this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and right. so uh, something like that is just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think coming from it from a perspective of trying to win right and like being good at everything in the game yeah. is probably one of the reasons why those things naturally especially more so previously um graded against me because i was like this is i can't succeed at this uh -huh. but that's the point that right the point. like yep. there are situations where you're not meant to and it's you have to go at come at it from a perspective of my character's not the best at everything they're human characters right that's the point i mean not literally sometimes but it, they are human in that way that they are going to be fallible. They are going to fail. And if you try to expect more from them, you're going to be disappointed. But if you expect that from them, you're going to get a much better story because perfect Mary Sue's don't tend to make for good story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, that's, know, that's a great yeah. way to put it because like, if, yeah, it's like expect them to be human, expect them to be fallible people. And then you'll be pleasantly surprised when they somehow pull out like 500 white dice and, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so, the game will give you a, a carrot, you know? Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing is because then you see interesting interesting things happen and if you equate the character's success with your success you're going to be yep. frustrated yep. right yep. but if you if you allow the character to make an interesting story you're going to get an interesting story which is yep. ultimately the best result right yep. and that's fun it's building narrative yeah if i want to tell um, anyone yeah. anything about the burning wheel one thing about the burning wheel it would be exactly what you just said do not equate the character's success with uh, your yeah. success as a player <laughs> exactly uh, yep. if you do that you will be disappointed don't do it mm -hmm. and if you don't do it you'll you'll do great because yep. Like we were saying earlier, a lot of failure is beneficial, right? In this game, 
out of character. It doesn't yeah. do a lot for you in character sometimes, but until later on when you need those Artha, then it does help. But out of character, especially, you know, your success often comes from the character failing. And I think yeah. that's a, a really, like you were saying, a really key thing to know when you're going into it, because it helps you establish the right mindset. Yeah. And if you have that mindset, for one, you'll enjoy the story a lot more. And the systems that feel fiddly or pun- punishing will make sense because you'll understand their their role. It's, it's not to make you mad or to be in your way. It's to put your character in the grinder that is life, right? And watch them try and get what they want anyways, right? Yep. Yep. And, and to see that conflict. So for sure. Anyways, yeah, I think that's pretty much closing yeah. thoughts for me. Yeah. Sounds good. Play the burning wheel. Go do it. Go buy yeah. it. Good. Go do a thing. Uh, and if you want to know what it's all about, uh, even more than we've talked about here, if we want to learn how to do it and watch it be done, go check out the Crow Inquisitors podcast. Um, just go go to crowinquisitors.com and uh, you can listen to all 10 episodes there. Uh, plus, uh, I guess 11 counting the... I, I still hate that I did this to myself, right? I, I called an episode 4.5 and I, it just ruined everything. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> um, it's going to be a nightmare, David, for me to... I'm, I think I've just decided to rewrite all the names for episodes going forward because we do so many like side story episodes, yeah, quote unquote, but they're just, they're not sides. Like they're part of the main story. You can't right. not watch them. And they're so I'm side like, for us because, <laughs> because there's only one person, person there, but, but like yeah. you have to watch them in order and like to get it. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they, they still matter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just how they're going to have to make those full episodes and that's going to ruin all of the, the, correlation between remember between the podcast episodes and the original youtube episodes it's also anytime you say in the episode we're on episode x or exactly y, i'm just gonna have to cut it out yeah yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, yeah go, go check that out and i'll talk about exactly like how we're playing the game uh yeah. teach you the game and then you can watch it be done as we're learning it um yeah so. it's a lot more than just us fumbling around caleb did a great job of establishing stuff cutting out the parts where we sound dumb yep uh it's a lot of, lot of great work into it so yep original music and other bonus yeah. content too um yeah yeah okay cool awesome that's the burning wheel uh so yeah thank you guys for joining us uh, we hope you're inspired to play more role-playing games <laughs>